Hey everyone, and welcome to That's My 20 Cents, a podcast created to champion women, their achievements, and what it took to get them there. Hosted by Maggie Bale and Hannah Martin. What's up guys, and welcome back to another episode of That's My 20 Cents. I'm Hannah. And I'm Maggie. Don't forget that we're currently selling stickers for That's My 20 Cents on our Instagram, so make sure you DM us if you'd like to purchase one. They're $2 and they're super cute. Also, once again, if you have any women that you think would be perfect to be interviewed on our show, make sure you DM us on Instagram so that we can reach out to them because we'd love to hear more about it. Guys, as we're recording this, it's currently National Women's Equality Day and we're celebrating the adoption of the 19th Amendment that gave women the right to vote in the United States. This is so exciting because we've come so far since this adoption, but we still have so far to go. Thank you guys so much for listening as we give women in different industries the space to share their stories and their experiences as we work towards a more equal tomorrow. Happy National Women's Equality Day from That's My 20 Cents. Today we're welcoming Abby Labar, the current in-arena host for the Carolina Hurricanes, North Carolina's National Hockey League team. So here's just a side note before I introduce her. Abby was a huge part of the reason that I even decided to pursue a career in the sports field in the first place. Um, To see a woman like Abby killing it in a male-dominated industry was very inspiring for me, and I remember going to literally countless Hurricanes games and thinking I would love to do something like what Abby does. So before anyone asks, yes, I'm freaking out (laughs) as she's about to come on the podcast, and I'm super excited to have her on. So Abby first got her start in sports media at NC State, and she gained an extensive background in editing, producing, script writing, conducting interviews, and hosting shows there. By age 21, she was covering all major collegiate and professional sports in the Triangle area. Following her graduation from NC State, she was hired by Pac Pride as a digital media reporter and is now in her third season with the Hurricanes. Abby served as the fill-in host and ringside reporter for the Hurricanes this fall and also contributes to Fox Sports South, where she is in the weekly rotation for ACC football. Most recently, she handled pre- and post-game shows for the Canes during the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs. Everyone, please welcome Abby Labar, the in-arena host for the Carolina Hurricanes. Hi, Abby. Hi, thank you guys for having me. We're so excited to have you on the podcast. We're very excited to hear everything that you have to say. Um, And let's just jump right into it. So, Abby, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners, kind of talk about what role you're in right now and kind of how you got into sports media in the first place. Yeah, so I um, went to NC State. I graduated in 2017. Um, I majored in communication with a concentration in media. Um, I did a journalism minor. Um, I tacked on a business administration minor because you never know where this industry will land you because um, it's definitely competitive, that's for sure. But um, yeah, I would consider myself a freelance journalist right now. Um, you know, obviously I always have the the job with the Hurricanes as the in-game host there. Um, that's obviously a seasonal opportunity and um, that has provided me actually opened a lot of doors for my career um, as far as getting to sideline for ACC football, creating a um, relationship with the Fox Sports South team, and then obviously getting to do what I just finished up doing was um, being on the Fox Sports Carolinas broadcast for uh, the Hurricanes playoff run. So I've done a little bit of everything since I've graduated. Um, I did a little bit of everything while I was in school as well. Um, And that's just kind of led me to where I am right now. It's definitely a roller coaster, that's for sure. You know, some days I'm living the dream and others I'm trying to figure out what's my next move and where am I going to continue growing in this industry. But, you know, that's kind of how we all are, right, in every single facet of life. So I'm thankful to be doing something that I love and 
to continue getting these opportunities. And I only hope that I can continue growing with the hurricanes and that more doors will continue to open. For sure. Um, we loved here seeing you on TV during the playoffs. So <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> it's cool to see you up there on the screen. I had to force everyone in my house to watch it, but yes. it was enjoyable. Hey, I <laughs> love using, it. I'm all about that. <laughs> using other people's logins um, for stuff to stream. It, but... Hey, I use other people's logins so for things. So we all do it, right? <laughs> That's right. As long as we got to see it, and we were all dialed in. I, mean, I was very invested. Good. And on behalf of Hannah. <laughs> hey, the Canes, the Canes made it easy too. We played well, so for a little bit there. <laughs> so our first kind of question for you, jumping right in to the content, is when did you realize that you were interested in sports media? Yeah, so I actually knew that's what I wanted to do before I started college. Um, I played sports all my life. I, you know, did a little bit of everything, right? Like I was, I played basketball, I played soccer, I ran cross country, I swam, I rode horses, like anything that could keep me active, you name it, I was there. And because of that, I didn't stick with one sport enough to like, um, obviously play at the college level. And so, you know, when I started to kind of hang up the cleats and um, close the door on all those, all those, the high school sports and stuff, I was like, well, how, how do I continue staying involved, you know, with, with sports, something that brings people together. And there's so many awesome stories. Right. Um, and so when I was kind of exploring like my junior, senior year of high school, like what did I want to do with my life? I'm like, well, I know I'm really bad at math, so I will never be a math person. I cannot be a scientist. Like no way somebody would trust me taking care of their child as far as like these nurses and doctors are concerned. Like I just, I was like, where do I, what can I do for a living? Right. You know? And so, um, you know, I stumbled upon broadcasting. There wasn't like, everyone's like, well, who's the broadcaster you watch growing up? Like there wasn't really one person. I was just obviously fascinated with sports and the stories. Um, and so I realized like broadcasting was a job. I'm like, wait, I, I didn't ever think about like doing this and getting paid for it and uh, sharing these people's stories. And so I started to look more into like broadcasting and journalism and, um, you know, having the experience in sports that I did, I knew that I didn't want to, um, you know, co- cover politics or, um, you know, just, you know, the negative side of, I guess, the media. Um, and so I was like, sports broadcasting would be like the dream job, right? Like I can still stay involved with sports when I hang the cleats up and, um, you know, I can be a voice for, for these athletes and, um, you know, I can do something that I think I would be good at. And so, that was probably like towards the end of high school, I realized that. And then, you know, I got an NC State and I immediately, when I applied there, I applied for the communication school. Um, and so as soon as I got there, I was like, how can I, how can I get involved, right? Like, how can I start um, getting some experience in this industry that I had an idea was probably pretty competitive as soon as I got started. And so um, as soon as I got to NC State, I was emailing the athletic department, asking how I could get involved. And Um, NC State was awesome at giving me those opportunities to kind of just run with ideas and um, help them out any way I could. And that all just kind of snowballed into all these different, you know, opportunities in sports at NC State and outside of NC State that, you know, just created the whole college experience for me um, in this in this industry, in this career path. So, yeah, I, I always knew it. And I went in head first as soon as I started school and took advantage of what was there. And I think the important part too is creating opportunities as well. 
Um, and so that was a big thing that I kind of always lived by while I was in college. Like, okay, if somebody says no, how can I create an opportunity? How can I bring something to the table instead of saying, hey, can I do this? Like, hey, here's an idea. How, how can we execute this, um, right? So just kind of being a go-getter in that way. So it's been an awesome journey. That's awesome. That, especially that you knew so early on that you wanted to do like work in the sports industry. Um, for Maggie already said this, but I also want to work in sports journalism as well. Yeah. And so for me, I didn't recognize that until what, like the summer after my sophomore year of college. Yeah. And so uh, I came into my freshman year at ECU and I was like, I'm going to do nonprofit work. I'm going to be a business administration major. And that was kind of my thing for like a year. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not really passionate about this uh, as much as I thought I was. And Hold up, wait a minute. Yeah. And so that was around the time I started going to Hurricanes games, which <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. And I like saw, this is funny. Like I saw you and what you were doing. And oh my gosh. Like, oh my God, like I could do something like that. <laughs> right when and you I, realize it's a job, you're like, wait, people get paid to do this? <laughs> yeah, you know, I played soccer growing up. And so I reached out to our local newspaper and I was like, hey, like, can I write for you guys? Like, you know, kind of see how I like it. Like I was literally covering high school soccer in Greenville, which is which is great. Live, And I loved it, even though it was just high school. You like, have to start somewhere. Like, yeah, you have right. to start somewhere. Right. Absolutely. Um, no, I, I love it. And people I've had people like come to me before, like, I feel like I'm behind, like, no, you're never behind. Like, granted, I knew exactly what I wanted to do, like coming into college, but there's so many people that aren't that way. So a great example, and um, I'll use her because she's a great friend of mine. Her name is uh, Stormy. She's the ringside reporter for the Vegas Golden Knights. And she actually went to school um, all four years to be, I think it was like a psychologist or something. And I think she was even thinking about going to law school. And so she didn't even start like going into sports until like her senior year of college. And then after she graduated, she took part in like a program um, with the Mountain West Network. And um, anyway, she, I mean, long story short, like she's super successful right now, right? Like she, she, you're never behind in this industry. Um, and so whether or not like you realize it before you start college or your senior year, like as long as you're going to be okay with um, making the sacrifices when it comes to like your social life and knowing that you may have to start with high school sports first, like you're getting that experience one way or another. Um, and it, it, it comes down to like the passion that you have for the job in the industry. And that's really what drives all of it. So I, I think it's great that you're doing that and um, you know, that that's, Hey, you might be a couple years behind on deciding that, but we all got to figure ourselves out, right? Like call, it's not that easy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so to kind of switch gears to more like uh, you as a woman in the industry, um, did you ever feel deterred from working in sports at any point due to its reputation as a heavily male dominated industry? Um, it's, I never felt deterred. I have felt insecure at points. And I think that's always, that's very normal. So a great example is the fact that I didn't know hockey at all before I started covering the hurricanes. And so the last few years with the team and the organization has been such a learning process for me. And there's been a lot of times where I felt like, and I was thankful enough, like when I auditioned for the job that I, you know, I told the the guys that were basically hiring me like, Hey, like, I don't know this sport, but I'm, I want to learn it. Like I'm ready to learn. And so 
I think always being vulnerable to the fact that, hey, it's a learning process, whether you're a male or a female, everyone's learning, right, in any job. And I think that's, that's so important is being able to accept that. Um, and then finding ways to grow, like your own knowledge of the game, right? Like I study my butt off and I know that. And so, you know, that makes me feel confident in certain areas, but there's also those areas of like, well, I didn't play the sport. Um, so, you know, I don't want to speak up about a certain topic or um, give my own hot take on something because sometimes it makes me nervous because I'm like, well, wait, like, you know, I didn't play it. Am, am, is this the right opinion that I should have? Like it's, I, but I think the thing is like accepting that you're okay with, you know, feeling that way, but then being like, you know what, like I've worked my butt off to get where I am and I've researched and I know my stuff because I study it. And then reminding yourself of that confidence and that the work, the work ethic that you've had. So that's been, I think, the biggest challenge being a woman in a male dominated industry. Um, because when you're in a sport like hockey, per se, and granted, it's growing for females all over, which is amazing. Um, it's, it's been a male dominated uh, sport, you know, and baseball, you know, it's not baseball and softball are very different. And, you know, we're women covering these, these males. And so for me, that has been the toughest part is trying to you know, prove to people like, hey, I understand what's going on out there on the court, on the field, but off of it as well. And as a woman, I have a powerful voice because we have a lot of things that men don't have either. And especially when it comes to the storytelling aspect um, and the emotions um, and the human humanizing people, I think women are so good at that. So I've just, you know, focused on what are my strengths and then understanding my weaknesses and being vulnerable to that. But then, you know, being confident enough to, to grow those weaknesses and, and work really hard. And at the end of the day, like, you know, talent and natural knowledge is there, but it's not going to get you anywhere if you're not putting the, the work into it. Right. The skill, the will before the skill is the, the saying that I love. So. Yeah, that's incredible the way that you're explaining this. And I think it's also really interesting what you said about how it's how you bring so much different things to the table being a woman. And a lot of times I feel like women are looked down upon for bringing that emotional side to things, but you're kind of bringing it to a different light of using that emotion to tell a story and to bring a different perspective to this male-dominated industry or this male-focused um, group. And I think that it's really interesting how you have taken that and kind of flipped it on its head to make it more of a positive thing and that you're bringing this to the table and it's a good thing instead of you're bringing these emotions to the table and it's setting you back. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It's all about relationships too. And it's not to say anything about, you know, I have, I have some great friends in this business that are, that are men that are unbelievable storytellers, but you just kind of lean on your strengths sometimes and women are just, they're, they're better, you know, in my opinion, um, not biased, right? No, like we're good at bringing the emotions out in people and creating relationships. Like that's just, you know, a side of women that I think people need to, to really lean on more than, you know, I know a lot of women get, like you just said, you made a great point. They get kind of uh, a lot of negativity for that. Like, no, people want to hear the stories. You want to humanize these athletes. Like that's what we are here for. And so, um, yeah, absolutely. For sure. I think that humanizing them is a big thing. Like they're just people too, and they're just doing their jobs. Yes. It's just a lot different than a job that other people may have. It's just still just a job for them as well. Yeah. And I found in sports, especially with my own writing, like people want to hear stories. Like they don't want just like cold hard stats. Like they want a story behind it. Like they want to hear like the background on like a player, you know? Um, so not always like 
you know, like I said, the cold hard facts, like they yeah. want you to tell a story, mm-hmm. not just the numbers. And and that's the challenge going back to what you guys asked about, like the the challenge of being a woman in a male dominated industry. Like it's also knowing your role. And I've, I struggle with that sometimes where it's like, okay, I'm in a role as a reporter and a host where I am bringing personality, emotion, stories, like that's my job. And so a lot of times when I do try to study and and lean on my weak, like go to my weaknesses and say, okay, what do I not understand about the game? Like what stats do I need to know to kind of prove my point? And sometimes I get stuck down that rabbit hole of like going into the stats and reading the the technical side of things. And I have to remind myself like, no, that's where, you know, the men are the experts at those things. The guys that have played the sport, like at a certain point you have to, you know, there's a, there's a good balance of being strong and confident and trying to prove that like, you know, you're a woman and you know your stuff, but also like understanding that that may not be my job at the end of the day either. So that's a big thing too, that I always struggle with is, Hey, I don't have to know all these stats. Like that's not my strength. Like, that's not what I'm here to be doing. Like I have a different role to, you know, I have a different role and that's what I need to, to focus on and just grow. So. Right. Just like playing to your own strength and not trying to. Be exactly. Or not. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, like we're all our own person. Right. And that's the biggest thing is being yourself. And, you know, if, if somebody doesn't like that or they can't accept you for your confidence and your knowledge and your own personality, then, you know, shame on them. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so kind of switching gears again, um, what would you say has been the most influential position or person that you've held or been a- around in your career? Oh, gosh. Oh, that's a great question. Um far as positions go really the one with the playoffs like that that's something that like you know life is weird right now like stuff is not normal and you know these decision makers who are having to to decide like who's going to be on our broadcast team like they didn't have an easy decision to make and they chose me and threw me into the fire into a situation that nobody knew what we were walking into right like we're having to call the games off of monitor 700 miles away from where the game is actually being played and they trusted like 25 year old me um you know who has been the in-game host and they put me in that seat and they threw it all at me and so to be in the seat that i was in like just you know showing people that hey this is what you can do and just taking the moment and running with it like that was that was like really influential like from a like the the best the most influential position that i've really sat in before um i mean not to mention the stanley cup playoffs as well which is huge so yeah, you were amazing doing that, especially you said you were thrown into the fire, but it did not seem like it at all from like a viewer's perspective. Um, so you've talked about how you were, you know, put into a new role with the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, you know, whenever you found out, like the moment you found out that you were going to be in that role, like what what was that feeling? Like, were you nervous? Were you excited? Like, how did you feel about that? I was it's so nerd. I couldn't eat. So I am not one. I don't have a sensitive stomach. Like I'm just not the type of person that like gets like nervously like nauseous. I could not stomach my breakfast that morning, the morning of the game. I was like, oh my God, like it was so nerve wracking. And I I think it was the word Stanley Cup playoffs, right? Like it's always the, it's always the dream to like get to the next level. It's like, I was 
I went from like, like foundation base level and felt like I was being thrown like to the top of the pyramid, because I'm not just getting called up to the NHL level, right? I'm getting called up to co cover like the Stanley Cup playoffs, which is right. huge. And, and granted, the circumstances were different. So, um, you know, it's not like I was there or anything, but it was it, the the weight was all the same. And so when I got the phone call, it was uh, it was the GM, Don Waddell is actually the one who called me, which was kind of funny because I, I have a great relationship with the Fox sports team. And normally that's who I'm communicating with. So when Don's the one that called me, I was like, hi, he was like, Hey, it's Don. I'm like, Hey Don, like what's <laughs> up? Like out of all the phone calls I could get. And I respect him so much as a person. So that was kind of really exciting for him to, um, you know, call me with that, with that news, like, Hey, you know, can you, do you, what do you think about this? Um, and you know, of course I was like absolutely over the moon and, um, so they let me know like two weeks, um, like right at the beginning of training camp. So I was involved obviously in training camp and stuff. And so for me, it kind of felt normal for a little while. Like, you know, I filled in for Mike for a little bit um, back in November when he was out sick. And um, so for me, it was kind of like, oh, we're just, we're back in hockey. It was more the excitement of just hockey being back than me being like, really having a chance to figure out what my emotions were like being in the position that I was about to be in. But like the days, the couple days leading up to it and that morning of was like, it all kind of came to fruition. And it was just like, it was nerves. It was excitement. It was just like humbling. Um, I mean, I can't, I'm really bad at like putting my emotions into words. You would think I'd be better at this because of my job. But um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was awesome. And just to, to think, like, look back on, like, what I had gone through in the last year in my career and to think, like, that was the seat that I was about to sit in was truly humbling, especially considering it was with the organization, um, you know, that has really just built me over the last couple of years. Because you always expect, like, the next job up or the call up, right? And you honestly don't really expect it to be with the the current job you're with. And so for it to be with the hurricanes, that was just special in itself um, because I didn't have to go anywhere. You know, it's, I'm there covering the team that I know and I love um, and, you know, c communicating with the audience and the fans that I love as well. So it was an awesome experience for sure. Yeah. And you talked about like, you know, like the day of the game, you couldn't stomach your breakfast. I think oh my God. <laughs> adding to that is like, we hadn't had hockey for, months no. at that point and so you you know you get the feeling that there are going to be that many more people watching because there's an anticipation yeah or like hockey is back you know and like we had been without yeah for so long at that point and people were just there's like an anticipation from the audience that would be watching you so in kind that, of, and like you have to measure up to yeah. like what you might think they expect that was exactly one of, that's a great point exactly one of the reasons I was so nervous I rewrote my show open like three or four different times. Cause I'm like, what I'm going to be the first one bringing people back to the sport that we haven't had since March. Like that's powerful, right? Like that's really cool. And so I, you know, I was really, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what are the right words to say? Are there right words to say? Um, and so that's, you know, that is a huge point. That's one of the reasons too. I couldn't stomach my breakfast. It's just, um, I mean, absolutely. So we're talking about how it was a huge break for hockey. And I know Hannah was devastated during that time <laughs> period. Um, but can you kind of explain uh, to us how you navigated working in sports during COVID-19? I mean, obviously, it's a really different world coming back. But even during, I mean, it's still happening. Right. But yeah. um, during that hiatus, can you kind of take us through that and how you it was working in that industry? 
Yeah. So it was just a good reminder of like the whole creating opportunities, right? You know, like how, like, um, once you get to kind of a certain level, the job gets easier. <laughs> and every, a lot of my mentors tell me that and now I get it. Um, you know, you don't, you have people helping you, you have, um, more resources at your fingertips. The opportunities come a little quicker. You know, you're, you're not so much sending out emails and cold calling people versus, um, you know, people are responding and asking you to do stuff. And so it was a good reminder of, Hey, like you, you did, it's, it's almost like, let's go back to square one. Like there's no sports right now. Like how do you kind of create opportunities without having them? And so I started a podcast, um, you know, like everyone else is doing <laughs> and but us, it's a great, us, us it's a great, it's a great way. And I think you guys would agree with me because you're kind of doing something similar of let's, you know, build my network. Let me talk to others in the industry that can give me great advice, but can also give my listeners great advice. So I'm learning exactly. something while listeners are learning something and it's just creating something valuable. So I started that with a couple colleagues of mine in the industry. And, um, you know, other than that, I have always had, and I think this is good for, for people to know, I've always had a full-time job on top of sports, um, in the sports position that I'm in at least, because as a freelancer, you, you obviously work seasonally, like during, you know, what's football and hockey season are over. Like, what am I doing during the summer if I'm not working baseball? And so I've always struggled working a full-time job um, for a technology company. I call it my day job. And so I've always done that just to kind of, you know, pay the bills and um, keep me busy when I don't have games and, and all that good stuff. And so I was thankful enough where I had that to kind of to keep me busy while there weren't sports where I know a lot of people in the industry were furloughed. Um, but I think the starting the podcast was important, was an important reminder of, um, Hey, when there aren't opportunities, just continue to create them. And it's a great learning experience and, you know, a great thing to do. And, um, I love that you guys did that as well. So we all, we're all learning something, right? That's right. the best part of it is honestly, is getting to learn from other people. Like we get the best seat in the house. We get to talk to people every week and their yeah. different positions and learn from them and then hopefully share that with our listeners and they're getting to gain that as well. Something something that I realized during like the COVID-19 like seizing sports completely, I just realized how much I really like take it for granted, I guess. Like, you know, having sports on like every single night was mm -hmm. something that I looked forward to. And then without it, I was kind of like, wow, like I've never had to recognize like a reality where sports yeah. on TV, you know, all the time. And so I think that that's something else that it really made me realize is that sports is something that a lot of people appreciate and it its absence was definitely felt for sure. Yeah, no, that's so true. Um, and that's, you know, that's why I kind of got into this industry because it's one of those things that, well, you, th you say it's always there, right? <laughs> it is <laughs> normally, um, it's always there and it's always bringing people together and there's so many cool stories involved with it. And, um, you know, it's, I'm really lucky to, to get to do what I'm doing. Um, so you said, you mentioned that you had another job and that's something I didn't know. And I don't think Hannah knew either is that you had not a lot of people know it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so how have you been able to kind of juggle that and working at for the hurricanes and doing all your other freelance work. I mean, that's a lot of stuff. How do you manage? It, it is, it is. So I, it's funny. I tell people, so I actually, when I moved back to Raleigh, I was working for 24 seven sports. I was writing and doing video for them. And 
that was part-time and this was before I got the job with the hurricane. So I just had that part-time gig and, um, you know, freelancing. And so I reached out to, um, this family that I babysat for in college and the CEO or the dad was the CEO of a company. Um, and he was like, actually, we need help at our, our technology company, OPEX technologies. Would you want to come on part-time? And so I did that part-time a little bit with the 24-7 sports and then got the job with the Canes. And so I was kind of doing a couple different part-time things all together. And it wasn't it wasn't too bad because it was kind of all on my own time. Really, the main obligation was being at Canes games. Um, those were kind of the set things in my calendar. Other than that, it was like, uh, hey, you know, do what you can where you can. And then um, with the technology company, they were like, you know, we'd like to put you more in a full-time position. We're willing to work with you because we know sports is your dream. Um, and it's funny because around the time they offered me that, I started dating my boyfriend who was a football coach and talk about uh, a career where you don't have a social life. And that is a football coach. And it's so like, he was working like 90 to hundred hours a week during football season. I like 6 a.m. to 2 a.m. like Monday through Sunday. I never saw him. And I was like, you know what? You've inspired me. I don't need to sleep either. And so <laughs> I started working full time for this technology company. And they were so flexible and so willing to work with me with, you know, as I chase my dreams with sports, like we made it work um, in my hours and my salary so that they would let me go do what I needed to when I needed to travel um, for football or go cover a Canes game. And, you know, that is an unheard of thing and I'm so thankful to have a company that I can work for that's you know so just supportive of that um but it's at times it gets tough for sure because even though you know they say hey we don't we know you have a Canes game like you know we don't need you today I'm still getting emails from the company left and right you know and so and it, I have to respond to those and so um it's definitely the biggest thing is like compartmentalizing um, like compartmentalizing, like, okay, when do I need to be thinking about OPEX? When do I need to be thinking about football? When do I need to be thinking about hockey? And um, that's been like the toughest challenge of it all is just kind of switching my brain from one thing to the other. Um, but it's been, I mean, I'm, I'm super thankful that everyone's been supportive and it's just kind of worked out in a, in a great way. And um, I, I lose a lot of sleep, but I haven't gotten wrinkles yet. So that's good. <laughs> well, I... I'm sure I speak for Maggie and myself when I say that's incredibly impressive. And for sure, like Maggie said, I had no idea that you had an additional job on top of everything that you do with freelance and with the Hurricanes as well. Um, yeah. So kind of switching up once again. Um, so why do you think that there is such a vast underrepresentation of women in the sports industry? Um, you know, I always, I always, this is obviously always something people, people wonder, right? Like, I think it goes back to uh, people not appreciating the fact that we don't have the experience in the sports that men do, right? Like, there's obviously a lot more men who are athletes and have been athletes. Granted, nowadays, it's, you know, women are just like exponentially, you know, taking part in, in all these sports that were supposed to be for men or were always more like male dominated in the past. And so I think it comes back to the knowledge. Like, I think people look at women and think, well, you don't know hockey, like you don't know baseball, you don't know, you know, this boxing, but like there's women boxers that are killing it. There's 
you know, women's hockey is just exploding. And like, and I think that's always been the reason for it. Just the, the basic, you know, idea of women don't play as much sports as, as men do. But I think that's completely changed. The landscape is so different when it comes to athletes and sports. And then I think obviously that's why we're seeing the growth and and women, you know, making it. And um, I think people are starting to appreciate what women can bring to the table, the personalities and the stories, like I mentioned earlier. And I think before it was so much more old school and we still kind of see that in certain leagues where, you know, they're like, oh, well, the viewers just want the information. Like, they don't care about the fluff. Like, no, the stories in the in the fluff is what people, that it's entertainment. It's, you know, it's sports, but at the end of the day, it's entertainment as well. And I think it's just the industry is ever evolving into where's the balance and who can bring what to the table. And um, I think there's still a lot of old school, traditional people out there that want to stick with the the news and notes and stats rather than, you know, the fluff and the excitement and the emotions. And I think with the rise of social media, people people crave that entertainment and that emotion that women can bring to the table. And um, I think it's great that, you know, women in athletics in general and in these sports are are just expanding their roles as well, because then that's providing more opportunity for women to be analysts and play by play, you know, personalities and um, I think it's great to see all of that growing, but I think we're just behind in that. And that's just because um, it, it it was never always like this. I think just the industry and the world's evolving and, um, you know, it's forget the traditional old school, you know, men played this sport and that's why they should talk about it. Like, absolutely not. And women play these sports too. So let them talk about it, whether they've played it or not, you know, that's, it's what we need to see. And it's great to see that it's it's growing in that area. So, I mean, I think it's just, it's just being behind on the times is the biggest, you know, concept of it. And that, that I would say for now is the main, the main thing, because you see a lot of men out there supporting women in these roles and um, advocating for women's rights and stuff. And, um, you know, that's great to see, but it's going to take a little bit for us to catch up. Um, but I think we're getting there. Do you think that because women are kind of newer on the scene that they're held to a different standard than men or do you feel like you've ever experienced that that you've been held to a different standard because you're a woman I have not personally felt that way um I've been very lucky to be surrounded by men in the industry that are supportive and um you know willing to to lift me up and I think part of that is me the way that I've held myself with in a confident manner but always acted vulnerable to the fact that hey I don't I maybe haven't been doing this as long as you or I may not understand this the way you do so like explain it to me and you know by us as women working together with men like I think that helps too from a respect standpoint like you know they already respect you doing this job and stepping into the role that you're in but they're gonna you know people will respect you even more men or women if you're um showing that you're you're willing to learn and grow as well and so um I I've been really lucky where I haven't felt that I have necessarily been discriminated against in the roles that I've been in. Um, and everyone's always been very, very supportive. But I have, you know, very close friends and colleagues that have. And it's really upsetting to hear those stories and, and see that. Um, and so that's how I know, you know, it obviously is still happening every single day. And, you know, I'm sure one day I will, I will get to, you know, that obstacle, but I'm going to cross that bridge when I get there. And I can only continue to to work my hardest and be confident in what I'm doing and what I can bring to the table. And 
um, you know, that's, that's enough in itself. And as long as I know that I've done my best and I've worked my hardest and I'm confident in my knowledge and intelligence, then that should be what's important at the end of the day. I'm going to forget what, you know, a Twitter troll or, um, you know, a boss is, is trying, if somebody's trying to bring me down, like I'm, you just have to believe in yourself and be confident in that. And I think that's a great attitude to have, especially when you know that you're working in such a predominantly male industry. Um, I think that the overarching goal that Maggie and I kind of had for this was to kind of foster confidence and especially young girls that were listening to our guests and kind of having them talk about, you know, like I had to be confident in myself and my own abilities to get to where I am today. So I think it's great that you talked about that and how that's had an impact in where you are today in sports. Yeah. So to kind of wrap things up, um, what would you say to any young women wanting to pursue a career in sports and or broadcasting? Um, I think that's kind of going off of the point you just made, right? Like just always, you know, just being okay with being you. And it's so cliche, but it's so true because this industry is mentally exhausting. It's, it's, it's tough. You're going to put yourself down. You're going to get in situations where you're going to have to face people that may not like who you are, but if you accept who you are and you run with that and you stay confident in it and you work your hardest, like that's, that's how you're going to succeed. I think there are so many times where people just come go out of the industry because they can't, it's, it's exhausting. Like it really is. They're like, I, you know, I don't want to do this anymore because I'm not where I want to be. And, um, you know, emotionally it's, it's hard and financially it's tough and they don't have the, you know, not to knock on anybody that it, it hasn't worked out for, but you have to have a certain passion, you know, as well. Like you, you have to know what you're getting into. Like, it's not easy. You're not going to sleep at night. You're going to tear yourself apart, right? We're, we're all of our own worst critics. And so an industry where you're always trying to not only please um, you know, your audience and, and connect with your audience, but you're also trying to please yourself, that, that can be mentally and emotionally exhausting. And so my biggest piece of advice is literally just, just be yourself and be confident in that. And like, just always like never lose sight of that. Um, and I think no matter how many, you know, things you see on social media about you or things you hear from others about you, or, um, you know, if you, you messed up a show or you messed up something on camera, like, don't beat yourself up over it. Like, just remind yourself, like, it's okay. We're human and be confident in yourself and your craft and your work ethic. That's going to get you so, so, so far at the end of the day. I think that's incredible advice for our young listeners. And we know that we have a younger demographic. So we hope that people listening to this can kind of take that no matter if they want to work in sports or anything else. Um, I think that's good advice across the board for sure. Absolutely. Um, so Abby, this is, I'm sure this is a question you get a lot and this is our last question. <laughs> um, but so tell us, where do you see yourself in five years? Oh my gosh. That, you know, what's funny. I'm, I am glad you asked that question because I actually have not gotten that question in a while. And I'm going to tell you right now, I have absolutely no idea. And I'm telling you this because I have the five-year plan because when I graduated college, everyone, that's like the main interview question. Like when you're going in for a job interview, right? Like, where do you see yourself in five years? Like, no, you always will have a plan and that plan is a hundred percent going to change. And that's been a huge learning lesson for me um, over the last couple of years is 
it's not going to work out the way that you think it is, but things are going to happen for a reason and the dominoes are going to fall and you're going to end up where you want to be. If you had asked me this question five years ago, I literally would have said in a big sports market covering an NFL team, like maybe the Patriots or like, you know what I mean? Like you, (laughs) you always have this plan. I would have never, ever thought in a million years, I would still be in Raleigh, North Carolina, but guess what I am. And I would not change anything in the world for it. It has literally been the most amazing experience. I like, you know, I'm exactly where I want to be at 25 years old in this career. And it is the complete opposite of the plan that I had five years ago. So I think that's when you go back to talking about two advice you give for people, don't like get upset or tear yourself up. If you go off the the road of what you think your, your plan's supposed to be, or like where you think your journey is supposed to take you like, no, it's all going to work out. I promise. And it's the other cliche that athletes say all the time and trusting the process. It's, it's so true. Like it really is. And I still like, I still see Instagram posts, like trust the process. I'm like, oh yeah, I really trust the process. And I like look at myself and I'm like, oh my gosh, you just have to trust the process. So um, that's, that's, that's the big thing is just learning patience and rolling with the punches. So I can't tell you where I'm going to be in five years, because if I do, you're going to ask me in five years and I'm going to be somewhere completely different. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've met a single person in my life that has abided strictly by their five-year plan no no and even if you try really hard to I promise it's not gonna work like you're gonna try your hardest to do what you want to do like go on the plan and it's just it's still not gonna work but it's all gonna work out it really will (laughs) Um, so that's all that we have for you Abby thank you so much for being willing to come on our podcast we really appreciate it absolutely thank you guys I I love I love like all these questions and what you guys are doing. And I just, I think it's great that you're empowering women. Um, and I'm so happy that you guys understand that this is a learning process as well for you. Um, because that's like the best part of it, right? Like not only are your listener listeners learning, like you guys are as well. And that already sets you guys up for so much success. Um, the fact that you're just go-getters and, and you're doing this yourself. Yeah. We're having a great time learning. Honestly. <laughs> it's super fun. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I hope you have a great rest of your night. Thank you, guys. Talk to you later. See ya. All right, guys. So that's it for this week's episode of That's My 20 Cents. Be sure to tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode. We are now on all major streaming platforms for podcasts. So be sure to follow us on Spotify and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Bye, guys.